Rangers. We'll start clearing in one. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Round Tripper here, not on 89.1 WXVU. We are home. Uh, if you're looking at us on Zoom, um, we are at Villanova. Conrad has the church as the background. Sherwood has the commons as the background. Um, if you are listening to this, you would know that we did not do a show on Monday. That's because we were all forced out uh, with the coronavirus concerns and are taking online classes at home. So we no longer have our radio studio to do it from, but that's not going to stop our show. We are still going to be able to record sporadically and get you some updates uh, throughout the what we have of sports, we don't know how much sports we're going to have over the next couple weeks, but this week we at least had free agency, so we do have a show to be able to do here. If you do hear me coughing, I do not have coronavirus. I have a sinus infection um, that has not gone away yet. Excuse me, Sherwood? Pass it through Zoom. Yes, I can pass it through Zoom. Right, I'm gone. Yes, <laughs> sinus infections are really, really contagious, so be careful. Um, but so... <laughs> there's the cough so it'll be there a little bit throughout the show but hopefully not too bad um how's everyone doing good very good Th- that's all i get very good um amy just said we can't hear because he has headphones in is it because of you conrad do you have headphones in i don't have headphones in my phone my sister just said the guy's screaming at we can't hear <laughs> that's conrad Oh, we can't hear you guys. They can only hear me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what it is. That's problematic. We're changing it up. <laughs> well, this is a nice start to the show. It's just okay. like when we do the normal shows. We always have some type of problem. How is it coming across on your end? Perfect. Shout out to for the help. Thank you. Anybody on the live stream want to help me out and see how it's going there? Anyone? Anyone? This is bad radio as well. Yeah, so Conrad's live right now on our on our Instagram round underscore tripper twenty three. We're just we're just gonna go with it and all right. I just got the all good. All good. D R P L E G L. All right. No idea. D R P G L. Oh, that's my dad. Oh. Purple Eagle. He went to Niagara. I didn't pick up on that. Yeah. Mister Zang. All right, it's working. There we go. All right, we're, we're working through things. But, Connor, you didn't answer the question. How are you doing at home? All things considering, not bad. <laughs> How are your online classes going for engineering? Uh, Let's just say Capstone's going to be interesting. Yeah, I believe that. I went to the hardware store today to buy stuff, and we're just going to have to make shift it in my house. Our <laughs> nice. Capstone course is going great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Zoom classes for economic seminar is thrilling. Um especially watching people go on nature walks during class is just online classes are something different, man. And, uh, they will be something I have a feeling we'll be like this through the end of the semester and it'll be real interesting to, uh, to see how this continues to evolve. It's okay. It's good. It's fine. I just, I just don't like, I don't like looking at my screen for an hour and 15 minutes. That's, That's fair. A, outside of that, like, yeah, but it is fun to see everyone in their own element. It's, it's okay. different. It's so different than what we're used to. I was this class this morning. Barnett, you almost missed it. It wasn't class. It was a meeting at 8 o'clock, so 7 o'clock here. And I just, I literally got out of bed at like 6.59, 7 o'clock, put on a shirt, and showed up for class. Wow. Through the meeting. On the life of online class. Yeah. Well, that's the upside. I just missed it too because he kind of can't just turn <laughs> and say something to him. 
Like, that's my biggest regret. Or not regret, it's just the biggest difference is being able to, like, be able to interact with people in class. Well, that's why I sent private chats to Nick today <laughs> during during Father Craig's class, so I could still try and interact. I, I'm, I'm scared to do private chats or type on my computer. <laughs> I, I, I actually, I'm like, I pay attention to the whole class. Uh, you got me. I watched that poster in the class. Oh. Uh, what teacher? Say Wolniki. Yeah, alright. He wasn't even there. I was waiting for him to come back and he just never came back. Not good. So that's online classes for everyone. I'm about to show that. Yeah, come on. My dad wants to come on. Yeah. Thank you for the comment on the picture. Hi, Mr. Zhang. How, how are you guys? Good, how are you? Should I keep that in the show? Yes. All right, yes. yeah, I won't edit that out. <laughs> well, we haven't even started talking any sports yet, but, you know, we're giving a life update. How are your parents? I wish I could have come last week. It's so, it's me He just left. You missed the, you missed the opportunity. Yeah. He was to, just here. I'm afraid to tell him that. He's going to yell at you. Yeah, no, 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 just because I, I let him down. I, I will. Well, he's going to listen to this, I would assume. Yeah, we've got plenty of food here. I had your chicken parm that you were supposed to have last week. Yep. What is that? With cheese or without cheese? With cheese. Okay, good. <laughs> what are you doing? Is he taking a selfie? No, no, no. We're, we're, showing, we're showing everybody where I'm at right now. Okay. I'm still trying to figure out if I'm going to cut this part out of the show or not. No? Just leave it? Okay. You can maybe maybe cut it and put it at the end, or save it as like uh, um, unreleased footage. Yeah, kind of like a you know like a Scorsese type thing, where it's like uh, you know something like that, where it's you can release it as like an extra. Or I just might do a voiceover before it starts, and say this is the point where we actually start talking sports. Mark. Yeah, you can say cut to this minute if you want to listen. <clears throat> or you can listen to us talk about our lives. Yeah. Maybe we could have more than shows once a week. Every time, yeah. Just daily reviews. We could also, yeah, we could do daily reviews. We could do class reviews. How we're doing with homework. What what video games we're dabbling in. What TV shows that we watch. I don't have to stay eligible anymore, so I don't really care about anything. What happened? We'll say that again. I don't have to stay eligible anymore, so like. That's true. We don't even have to worry about his eligibility. <laughs> That's the correct way to look at it. <laughs> I've heard that as well. Yes, we asked, would you like to share the news from Father Craig? <clears throat> yeah, that, that question was asked to Father Craig in class today, and he was caught caught off guard by it. But he also said he thought it was a good idea. Yeah, I was ready to hop out. Really? Yeah. When someone asked the question at the end, I was like, I gotta go. And then there was, I heard it was passed out, and I was like, I'm in tune now. So we'll see and what happens. Then we got a nice FaceTime for 30 minutes. Then, yeah, then we had a group econ FaceTime, which was good. Keep me alive. Nah, we we got to find something to it at this point since we're all stuck in our houses. Very true. <laughs> all right, you want to get into some NFL free agency? Mm, sure, if you insist. Solid enough. So that's a good seven and a half minutes on what's going on in our lives right now. Um, but all right, so like I said, we did have some sports actually happen this week, which was refreshing. Um, as I have a feeling, the last sports we're going to see for a while was that very strange first half of the St. John's and Creighton game 
uh, in the Big East tournament before the Big East tournament was called off. Um, but so we will get straight into some NFL free agency, and we will start with the quarterback carousel as that is very much still moving on. But of course, the biggest news from the NFL from this week is that Tom Brady has a new team. He has left the New England Patriots. He has signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Contract is not out yet because the deal is technically not official yet as he hasn't taken his physical, but it's believed that he's making over $30 million per year. I would guess that it's two years, possibly a third, but we'll see what happens when it comes out. What was our initial reaction to Brady leaving New England and going down south to Tampa? I thought it made sense. I think that my dad and I actually made a bet. Um, it was set Sunday before the first week break, a dollar bet. He said he'd take New England. I said I'd take the field. I felt like kind of the, um, you know, it was around the wall that he was going to go. I just think that, um, you know, I think it makes the most sense because obviously Tampa Bay has, you know, that great receiving court. They're, it looks like they're, you know, probably pursuing, you know, one of these two running backs that's open in Gordon and um, Gordon and Gurley. Well, I think Bruce Aarons came out today and said they would not take AB, which is interesting. But yes. I mean, look at what you know, Jameis put up thirty and thirty. But also, too, it'll be interesting. Is I've been reading, you know, a lot of people I follow on Twitter, Bills, you know, people. So um, I was reading from one of the guys that said, you know, I wonder how because Jameis was, you know, just a step back, you know, just a shotgun, just slinging the ball forty yards downfield, or just, you know triple coverage, I can try to fit it in if whoever caught if someone caught it, someone caught it, because obviously he had the 30 for 30, but I wonder how that's going to, you know, Mike Evans, he's a, you know, he's a downfield threat, um, all those guys are downfield threat, I wonder what it's going to be like if they, you know, because now they're going to do those, you know, five to seven yard crosses, you know, which I I hope, I, my understanding is they, you know, probably continue doing that with Brady, you know, made famous in New England, so I wonder how that will transpire with, you know, different wide receivers with guys that are more vertical threats. Conrad, <clears throat> I mean, I'm, I'm still kind of, I mean, I'm shocked by it. I thought he was going to come back, um, just just because I think it made the most sense, like staying with, uh, with Belichick, and and all all that entails with that, not moving his family, being there for twenty plus years. You just got the vibe. I mean, you started to get the vibe that he wasn't happy there. But I mean, he was always—he's always a patriot. Like in my mind, it's gonna look funny with him anywhere else. Tampa is interesting. Like Sherwood was saying, they got a lot of good, good weapons. But it's also like—I mean—is he gonna bring a winning culture to Tampa? They've never really had that. That's gonna be interesting to see. But I mean, it started getting more and more out that he was gonna go somewhere, and still a lot of people didn't believe it. I was one of those guys, and um, yeah, it'll be weird to see next year and you know, I'll be interested to see how much money he's getting because I think that's a big factor of why he uh, left. Oh, I, I definitely think that money was a factor because it sounded like New England wasn't willing to pay him and Tampa from all reports is going to pay him a lot of money over 30 million dollars for Brady which you can definitely argue he's not worth that at this point but I also get Brady wanting to go out there and maximize what he can get and if he's a free agent for a reason you might as well maximize your earnings now I was surprised that he left. I just thought it made sense to stay in the place where he's been the starter there for two decades. You know, he's won six championships. He's 42 years old, coming to the end of his career. It just, it feels like it would have been easier for him to stay there. I think he left because, well, as we've seen throughout the past couple years, especially, there is a little bit of tension there. 
between him and Belichick. You really saw that when Belichick ousted Alex Guerrero and really threw all that TB12 stuff that Brady loves, but Belichick clearly doesn't care for at all out the door, and I think that really ticked Brady off. Uh, New England has continually showed that they don't invest in offense that much. Now, they're obviously run very, very well. That defense is incredibly talented and continues to be one of the better defenses in the league year after year, and that's from Belichick. But, I mean, when's the last time they had a crazy high-powered offense? It's like week four when they had Antonio Brown. That, yeah, having Antonio Brown did help for those couple of games. But I mean, you know, I know what you mean. It might be the Super Bowl where they played the Giants the second time. Might have been the last time. Of course, the one where they lost to the Giants the first time, they absolutely did. That was the team that put up more points than anyone in an NFL season. But since they had a crazy high-powered offense, it was probably that one with Gronk, Aaron Hernandez, Wes Welker, all those different receivers. It doesn't surprise me then that a part of Brady, he's also definitely heard all the arguments of is it Brady or Belichick, and knowing the type of person that Brady is from everything we've read, I think he wants to prove that it's him. And I think there's a chip on his shoulder to go down to Tampa Bay and say, hey, you know, screw you, I'm going to Tampa, I'm going to win, and I'm going to do it without you. And I think that played a part in it especially Tampa being attractive for him. I mean, look at the receiving options they have. They have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. I know people have talked about O.J. Howard. He's been a, a bust, but he, he's got potential, I guess. Yeah. He likes it. Brady likes. He does like tight end, so maybe he can make Howard into a decent receiver. Um, you got Ronald Jones there in the backfield. It's an interesting fit with coaching because Bruce Arians is, a, is an awesome coach. I love Arians. But Arian's aerial threats are usually deep down the field. Mm-hmm. And as Brady has kind of shown the past couple of years, he doesn't really have a deep ball anymore. He's not a dink and dunker totally, but he's close to it. Yeah, he's close. Yeah, He is close to it. So where does this leave Tampa? Is, is Tampa one of the contenders in the NFC now? I mean, I feel like you have to throw them in in kind of more of the conversation now. Like, it, this makes them more legit legit than having Jameis Winston, even though, I mean, there's an argument that Jameis Winston right now could be a more valuable guy because he just went 30 for 30. <coughs> 30 for 30. Led the league in, in passing yards, and he can, he can stretch the field better than Brady can. Um, But, I mean, there's still, the Niners are still in the NFC – um, who else is still there? The Cowboys. We're just thinking of their division. They still got to deal with the Saints, the Falcons, Panthers. and the Panthers. Panthers, we'll talk about them later. Yes, we will talk about them later. Yeah, like there's still a bunch of good teams. I don't think that just adding Brady puts them over the top, but it makes them less. It makes them less of a laughing stock, I think. Where you, you used to turn into Tampa Bay games to be like, all right, what's Sheamus going to do? Like. He's going to have more picks or, or touchdowns in this game. Um, we're with Brady. It's going to be probably, I don't want to say less fun to watch, but I think it'll be less fun to watch. Um, but they might win more games. So I guess that makes them a more legit contender. I don't know where we're going anymore. No, that's fair. Just as a heads up, I have nine and a half minutes left in my Zoom meeting, apparently. 
So, so yeah. So one of you guys will have to host it. I mean, I can just pause the podcast and we can resume. So it won't uh, on the recording. There won't it won't go off without a hitch. But only have nine minutes left with me hosting. Apparently. Um, trying to go yeah to go off top. One thing I'm talking to my dad about it. Obviously, it's it's pending the physical. But I don't. I will not believe Tom Brady is a is not is not a Patriots player until there's ink on the paper and until he takes that first snap. Like, obviously, you know, everything's slowed down with the physicals and whatnot, but it's kind of like he agreed in principle a lot. How come it hasn't, you know, come out with this stuff yet? Is like a lot of people are wearing physicals, like the Bills are waiting on the Dick's physical, everyone's wearing a physical, so how come it hasn't happened yet? So I find that just a touch weird. I'm just going to put that out there. Is That's my... my oh, it's strange. Tom Brady is going to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Like, I have to give my dad that credit because he brought that up, but, like, the more we've talked about it, the more it's kind of, like, he's kind of doing one, like, hey, I'm leaving, like, I'm really going, like, I'm at the door, you sure you don't want me to stay, yeah. but, um, I think especially, too, just what Comrade said is, and what you said is, just even going in that division, that NFC South is really tough by having to go up against Drew Brees twice, Matt Ryan's also great, um, you know, quarterback as well, who knows what, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is going to do, especially with Matt Will there, with especially because you're going to have such a dual threat offense there with Teddy Bridgewater and Christian McCaffrey, and he's coming from, you know, Baylor where, you know, he's got that high-powered offense. Um, so I think it's going to be tough to get out of that division. Um, but, you know, I think that's, you know, it'll be the true test of, um, you know, kind of how good Tom Brady is, which might not be, you know, a great time to test because obviously he is 42 years old, so it's not like, hey, you know, he's leaving in his prime. Is it Bill? Is it Tom? But, um, you know, it'll be interesting. It'll be really interesting to see you know, kind of how this looks. And also, too, I'm looking forward to next year's season, the 2021 season, because that's when the AFC East plays the NFC South. Mm. So it'll be interesting. I haven't looked at the schedule yet, but I hope it's, you know, Tampa Bay goes up to New England because, um, you know, just because it'd, be, it'd be a lot better if he goes up, you know, back to Boston just to see what's going to happen. Because obviously those fans are going to cheer him on, but I just want to see, you know, kind of what happens, you know, with that type of game. And, you know, granted, it's, I'm, but all of a sudden I'm signing, you know, like one of those college football announcers where it's like, hey, we're, you know, they're signed up for this game <laughs> in 2030, and it's like we're going to yeah. get excited for that one. It's, by then, it's not going to mean anything. No, but it, so the Bucks, how I look at them, I don't look at them as a Super Bowl contender because honestly, I don't think Brady's that good anymore. I think he can run that offense efficiently. <clears throat> I think they have weapons that will make Brady look better than he looked this season because he looked very bad this season, but that was because he had absolutely no weapons around him. But the thing with that division is I love New Orleans. I think they're going to be very, very good. I would assume Atlanta bounces back a little bit. Carolina's a wild card with Matt Rule retooling that team. I could see them going anywhere kind of with their finish. Half their players are gone too. That's literally the guys are so i'm not sure how good they're gonna they can compete for the playoffs especially with now a seventh postseason team added from each conference they can absolutely compete to get in i'm not sure how much of a contender they will be now on the flip side looking at new england what do they do at quarterback because right now their quarterback is jared stidham stidham wasn't even that good in college i'm gonna no, say he, he wasn't was, he was carried he made the um, he made the SEC championship game, and he was carried by blanking on his name. It wasn't Cameron. It wasn't Cameron Payne, but it was. Um, <coughs> but that guy, whoever the running back was, went off against Alabama to basically get to the SEC championship game. But no, instead of, was it Carry On Johnson? 
it was Cameron Johnson. Yeah. Yes, it was. That is, yeah, I think so. No, that is it. Um, but it'll be interesting because obviously a lot of the quarterbacks are off the market now. So, you know, who's it going to be? Is it, we're basically looking at Jameis Cam and, you know, maybe. Andy going, Dalton's probably going to get moved. Yeah, Andy Dalton. Also, you know, there's the speculation of, you know, tank for Trevor Lawrence, which. I don't think they'll, I don't think New England ends up with the number one pick next year. I, I can't see a Bill Belichick team going like three and thirteen. No, I think a Bill Belichick coach team with that defense, defense alone will win them at least six to seven games of where they're going to be, you know, picked five. <laughs> they don't make the playoffs, but it'll be interesting. It'll be really interesting to see if they. Also, too, there hasn't been much chatter of are they going to trade up into this draft? Yes. Especially too, because the Chargers was said they kind of want to stick with Tyrod, and what they hold the. Somewhere they hold a top five pick. I mean, I would not be surprised if they trade up there to try to get Justin Herbert from. I say, yeah, the Chargers are six. Like, okay, yeah, so they could would not be surprising if because they said, hey, we're sticking with Tyrod, we're sticking with Tyrod. Like, I saw Tyrod for three years. I love him. He was a great, you know, great guy for the community, great player, but he's not going to give you more than a buck seventy five passing per game. Oh, I think there will when we'll talk more about the draft as we move closer, and it does look like the draft is staying where it is in April too, which is fantastic, especially for us to be able to talk about because we'll be able to do a preview and a wrap up for it. Um, but I think either at three with the Lions or four with the Giants, there will be some type of trade for a team moving up to get a quarterback, whether that be two or Herbert or both. Yeah. You could see, but you could see movement at both picks. Um, there hasn't been much chatter about that, which I'm surprised because they have. New England doesn't need their first round picks. They don't need probably half the players on the team. I feel like they could trade away any of them and they could still do well. That would be very interesting if New England were to be the team to move up to to draft someone like Tua. That would be very, very interesting. Now, I don't think they will. I think yeah. they may go more the route of picking up, say, Andy Dalton for a year for like a six-round pick because Cincinnati's going to look to dump him, especially when they bring in Joe Burrow. Uh, you could also see them maybe try to wait on a quarterback like Jordan Love from Utah State. That's getting a lot of getting a lot of love um, and moving up draft boards and see what happens there. But yeah. New England's in an interesting spot, and I think they might just wait this market out because I have a feeling Cam Newton's going to get released. I don't think Carolina's going to be able to find a trade partner, no. and they can kind of have their pick from what's left. Winston's still out there now. I don't think he fits with Bill Belichick, but. Could be interesting if it ever happened. So New England is going to have some options. They definitely aren't hamstrung to go into the season with Stidham. I think Dalton and Foles are probably the two options that made the most sense for... <coughs> and we'll talk about Foles in a little bit. I see Conrad's yeah. already smiling. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so no, that would be interesting. I think that for me, I would love to see Dalton stay and kind of help mentor Joe Burrow, which, you know, again, we'll talk about in the next, you know, in a month from now when we talk about the draft. Yeah. Connor, what do you think about New England? I mean, I think I think they're going to get Dalton. I don't know. Um, I could see it. I feel like Dalton's I, I a decent fit for them. Um, I could see, I mean, Jalen Hurts will probably fall to them. Mm. And, I mean, I'm not sure how much of a fit that is, but he's, I mean, he's a very talented <laughs> Hurts is a very intriguing prospect because I've seen his name floated anywhere from the third to, like, fifth round. So they can wait on him. Which is the <laughs> Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure the Patriots also have probably like a thousand second and third round picks from all the compensatory stuff they get. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they'll pick up a guy probably around there, second, third round, um, that could potentially um, compete for that starting job if they don't trade for anybody. Yeah, 
No. And they also have the pre- they have the preseason too. Is you know there's always a lot of trades that go on in the preseason, so they could 100 percent just squat. They've got them. a lot of time to make a move. I don't think they make a move in the next couple days. I think this thing ha- unfolds over the next couple months for New England's quarterback yeah. situation. So we'll see what happens there. I have a minute left in this meeting. Yeah, quick commercial break. Yeah, so we're going to take a quick commercial break here and uh, and line up again and continue. This is a round tripper, and we'll be right back. All right, back here from our commercial break. We have moved over to Skype, so we are rocking and rolling. Guys, say hi just so I know that the mic's working. Uh, test. What's up? Are we getting paid for these advertisements for Skype and Zoom? Yes. Okay. I get the payment, though, just as a heads up. Yeah, maybe I'll stiphen it out, maybe. Uh, Don't worry, Craig. We're getting getting bears talking a little bit. We are getting bears talking a little bit. I would leave if there was no bears talking. Oh. Mm, That's not fun. That that sounded like an ultimatum right there. I'd probably just fall asleep. I'm pretty tired right now, not going to lie. Oh, we'll see if he makes it through the whole show. It might just be me and Sherwood at the end. We'll see. This, this, uh, the live just gets you going. Of general. course, obviously. I would say I let me switch over, but I don't have that stamina. I understand. No, it, it's definitely understandable. But all right, so we're gonna move into another quarterback move then, <clears throat> as the carousel kept turning. Philip Rivers, now the quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts, on a one-year, twenty-five million dollar deal. I get it for Indy. I, I think it makes sense. They're in a position where they're trying to compete. I mean, they were decent last year, and that's with Jacoby Brissett, who was not very good. And they cut their losses immediately after the shock retirement of Andrew Luck. And they're going to a veteran that's just trying to win a championship. I mean, Rivers has been good in San Diego slash LA for a long time, and I'm trying so hard to not be distracted right now by the reactions on my screen from these guys. Um, <clears throat> and he's... Do we only get... And he's going into a a pretty decent environment there. They've got a good offensive line. They've got weapons in T.Y. Hilton and Marlon Mack. I think this one could work. I think it can. Uh, yeah, I think it can work. I just, I I don't know if I see it just because I feel like even more so than Tom Brady, Phil Rivers is over the hill, and that kind of kills me to say that because I love Phil Rivers. But um, and also to the. I mean, is it an upgrade from Jacoby Brissett? I feel like it's very, like, uh, I feel like it's not that big of a jump, if any. I think that, really? um, you know, obviously, I don't know how much of an improvement it is, but you definitely are, you know, skill-wise, but you're definitely getting a leader, a veteran, you know, you're getting basically all the intangibles, if you would, you know, what people love talking about. So, you know what you said, I can definitely see it, especially, you know, they've been kind of searching for that since, um, since Peyton Manning left is obviously they had Andrew Luck, but you know, he was injuries. He had injuries for a couple of years. Obviously, you know, he's out now. God bless you. Um, so like I can definitely see it for one year and maybe, you know, he strikes fire and he, you know, signs another year contract after that or something happens. Conrad. I I don't think this, I mean, changes much. I mean, no, I'm I the only it, one. I think it's like, they'll still be what? Like, Six, six to eight wins, six to nine wins. They'll have a chance to win a division. That's just because that AFC South um, sucks. Um, I don't think it's much of an upgrade at this point. I think he's getting old. Um, kind of like Brady, he can't really stretch the field. Um, he's just going to throw picks like Jameis does. Wow, um, that's aggressive. Yeah, <laughs> um, I just, I mean, it, 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 
Yeah, it, it doesn't really change much, and the, the Colts are just going to be in the same situation next year waiting for somebody. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they draft somebody this, this year because it was a one-year contract and um, and to see in that regards. But as for next year, I mean, Philip Rivers was a great quarterback. I don't think he really is anymore. Um, and it'll be a shame if people actually get to see him since he's not on the West Coast and in the obscure games all the time. But it, it, so it'll still be an obscure game. And I think you bring up a good point that what this does really is it, it changes the draft landscape because I thought for sure that Indianapolis was going to be a team to watch to move up for, as we talked about, the Lions or the Giants possibly trading down at three or four. Now, I definitely don't think they trade up. They could still draft someone and just hope that Herbert falls. Now, I'm not sure Herbert will fall to them at 13. Um, actually, excuse me, they don't have 13. That just went through my head. They traded it for DeForest Buckner. Yes, so scratch that. So they definitely aren't trading up for a quarterback. So how this affects them in the future is uh, will be very interesting because, like you said, it's a one-year deal. So we'll, where are they? Where are their heads? I, I think that they just are in the mindset that they can compete right now um, and that Rivers gives them the best chance to win. Now, I definitely think he gives them a better chance to win than Jacoby Brissett. How yeah. how great of a chance it is to win, we'll see. But as you said, the division is usually pretty weak, though. We'll see if Tennessee can really build on something now. It'll be interesting to watch. I, I think he's got a chance to succeed there. Uh, and no- also, too, at seven. <laughs> well, no. Yeah, that that's the thing. The seven teams in the playoffs changes a lot of things. For them, and also, too, as Frank Reich, their coach, is a great coach as well. He, Especially a quarterback he coach. Yes, he was a quarterback coach when the Eagles, when the Birds won the Super Bowl. He was a quarterback from I Love Bills. He led. He, he he was the quarterback that led the comeback against Houston Oilers. So that's another thing where you know you're not you're not coach. You're not like it's a young guy that you're trying that he needs a coach, but it's someone that you know veteran that he can try to you know tailor the game toward to you know win some games. Yeah, definitely. Another quarterback on the move. A kind of eye-staggering amount as well. Teddy Bridgewater to the Carolina Panthers, three years and $63 million for the quarterback that has been a backup the last two years in New Orleans. Was very, very good when Drew Brees was out injured this year. Looks like it spells the end for Cam Newton in Carolina as well. I like it. I really like Bridgewater. I actually think that he's the guy the Bears should have gone after if they're looking for a replacement for Trubisky. I think he's got, especially going in there with Matt Rule now, obviously we don't know much about Matt Rule in the NFL, but he was fantastic in college, both at Temple and Baylor. I think it's a decent fit, and I like what Carolina has. I think Bridgewater's a solid quarterback. He's proven over the last couple of years that he's healthy. He also proved by betting on himself with that one-year contract that he accepted last year instead of just accepting a cut rate to go somewhere else that it worked as he got $63 million. I like the move, and I think this really propels Carolina. I think they have a much better chance to win with Bridgewater than they did with Cam Newton. I I like Matt Rule a lot. I think Carolina is going to be an interesting team to watch this season. Do you want to go? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I agree. I think it's. I wish the Bears had gone after him, especially when you see what they ended up doing and how the money is relatively similar in that regard. Um. But yeah, I think he's especially from his Minnesota days before pre-injury, he he was really good in a team that I mean, just from watching the Bears, um, made made that Minnesota team scary. Um, and then I just love the combination of him and um, McCaffrey. Yep. I think that just that backfield is just going to be ridiculous, and um, 
and Teddy Bridgewater has shown by by taking that role with the Saints and stepping in um, when Drew Brees was down and really succeeding there, that he can kind of do it in any style of offense. He was stepping into a Drew Brees style offense. They pro- they did change a little bit, but I mean, you it mainly stayed stayed the same, which is a very different quarterback than when he was with Minnesota. So seeing he's able to do kind of both those styles really um, shows how well rounded a quarterback he is. Um, and yeah, it's just gonna be. Uh, it'll be good to watch, and I mean, it's disappointing for Cam because I think he should—he got a, kind of a, um, a a bad deal there at the end with Carolina, and how they're basically treating him now by running him through the media. But yeah, no, I think it's—I'm, uh, you know, it's going going off what you guys said. It'll be interesting to see how they paired pairs with Christian McCaffrey, and also, you know, it's it's great to see him, you know, getting this opportunity. And what you said, Pat, to be able to bet on himself. Obviously, he. Was a huge benefactor of um, of the Drew Brees hand injury because he was able to show that hey I'm a starting quarterback. He went five and zero. I know we were talking, you know, flashback to the first semester when he got injured. We when Drew Brees got injured, we said you know they'd be lucky to go two and three in those games. You know, kind of stay above water until Drew Brees came back and Teddy Bridgewater went five and zero with them. So it's you know great for him, especially to considering when people saw the injury when he was with the Vikings they said like people like the players were like crying in horror and they thought like they were gonna have to like you know he would never be able to walk again with that like so that's incredible to be able to go from that to you know now five years later to be able to you know be the starting quarterback for an NFL franchise making 63 million dollars over three years so that's you know huge for him yeah absolutely I think those are all fair points and Cam Newton is the interesting part of this equation, what happens with Cam? I'm not sure there's a true suitor out there for him. It, there aren't that many starting quarterback jobs that are open right now when you look at it. I mean, think about it. It's New England like we just talked about, and I believe the Charger job is still open. I know they're saying they're going with Tyrod Taylor, but I I don't think it ends up that way. Now, I think that the Chargers are going to end up going quarterback in the draft anyway. So what happens with Newton? Now, the Redskins are an interesting fit because it seems like they aren't all that sold on Dwayne Haskins and they have Ron Rivera as their coach now. Otherwise, I'm not sure Newton has a true team that just makes sense out there for him. No, I don't think it really does. I think that it doesn't because New England's, I don't think he doesn't fit the system with New England the same way as, you know, James does is their... Um, you know, they're not really heavy pocket passers. So, um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see where he ends up of, you know, does he sign somewhere with, you know, be a backup? Does he take backup money? Does he try to go somewhere? You know, because really are no QB, QB battles outside of, you know, I'm thinking maybe Denver, but they got Drew Lock because they just let go of Joe Flacco today. Is there a way to, mm-hmm. you know, does he maybe go out west there? And compete for the job, but it seems like they're pretty sold on Drew Locke. But there's, you know, not many open opportunities. Yeah, so it'll be something to follow, kind of throughout the off season, is what happens with them. Because I'm really not sure where the fit yeah. is. Uh, quick thing to look at: Ryan Tannehill, four-year extension, 118 million dollars, 62 million guaranteed. Wow, did Ryan Tannehill get paid? Yeah. Yeah, I think the shocking thing is the money there. I don't think yeah. the shocking you re-signed with with Tennessee that they went that route once they realized they couldn't get Brady, but it's a lot of money to throw at him for kind of half a season. Mm-hmm. They played really well. And he did 
that it wasn't like he showed flashes of greatness when he was with the Dolphins because every year media would say, Tannehill, Tannehill, Tannehill. Mm-hmm. You know, this is going to be the team of the year, and just every time always flop. So it's not like, you know, he showed, he showed that one year, he was a, or that half a year where he said that 8 to 10 games leading the team to the AFC um, count to the conference championship, you know, basically half away from the Super Bowl. But, like, again, how much of how much of it was Tannehill and how much of it was Derrick Henry? Yeah, that's fair. And they franchise tag Derrick Henry. For Tannehill, yeah. it makes sense to have the reunion uh, with Tennessee. But, man, that's a lot of money to go to a guy that I really am not sure you're going to get the return on the investment there. Um, so that could be tough. I know Conrad's been waiting for this one. Um, the Chicago Bears traded for Nick Foles with the Jacksonville Jaguars in exchange for a fourth-round pick. Uh, they are going to restructure Nick Foles' deal, but it is to be seen how much money they're going to be able to get off of it. I don't think they're going to be able to get too much off of it for him because Foles getting paid with that contract he signed in Jacksonville just over a year ago. Conrad, what do we think? I'm honestly not a huge fan of it. Um, just in what they had to give up, the fourth-round pick was their third pick in this draft because um, they only have two second-round picks ahead of that. Um, and now they only have four picks in the draft, two seconds, a sixth, and a seventh, I believe. That's tough. With with as many holes as this team had, as shown last year, it's just it's it's not going to be good enough. Um, if you were going to go pay a guy this much, where it's upwards of 20 mil, um, was it three, four years left on that deal? I think it's three. I think it's three. Um, like they they could have got a guy like Bridgewater, which at least I think is better. Um, they could have waited out. Like if they didn't make this trade, I I feel like you just you could have waited out to see what other teams were gonna do. Like if you knew this thing was gonna happen, where Jameis was gonna kind of be without a spot, um, you could probably get him for like a less a lesser contract, legit have a competition competition with Mitch. Because um, I, I I think Jameis is is has a higher upside than than Foles have has like yes Foles had the had the run with the Eagles he was a star with the Eagles at the beginning but any besides being there like he hasn't been that good he's been a career backup that's getting paid over 20 mil mm-hmm. um, he just got beat out by Gardner Minshew which as great as he's he's been he hasn't showed much and they they took Minshew over over Foles with just like the three four great games that Minshew's had um and they're saying it's going to be a competition. It, I think Mitch's time's up. Um, but the fact that I don't, I don't, <coughs> I don't love the the look of having Foles for three years at that price. Like it's just not. It's a step up, but it's not worth the money. Yeah. So he he's thirty one years old. I'm actually very interested that you took that route because I didn't think you were going to. I've seen a lot of people that are all for it. I'm I'm not one of them. Now, I don't think highly of Trubisky at all. So I completely understand bringing in competition for him. And I think that's the smart thing to do because you're trying to race Trubisky's game here. But for Foles, you're going to be paying him a lot of money. Obviously, he had that miraculous run in 2017 where he's fantastic. He has shown flashes where he's been great. I mean, go back to 2013, 27 touchdowns and two interceptions. Like, that's crazy. But... Otherwise, he's been an average to below average quarterback. I mean, like, let me read you off some of the QBRs that he's gotten since he came in the league. 51, his high was the 71 that year. 64, 28, 31, 34, 67, unranked this year, but was 0-4 with Jacksonville. 
He's not great. He went on an incredible run, a historic run. I don't think he's a game changer for the Bears. No, he... I think the only reason people are so in love with this is that it is a step up from Mitch. But I don't think it's as big a step as it should be for how he's getting paid <laughs> and how long he's going to be there and what they give up for him. Is kind of my take on it. Sure, what do you think? Uh, I thought it was interesting. He just, I think just with comrades, well, you guys, just piggyback it off what you said. I, you know, he had that great run, but he's kind of seemed more just like a Band-Aid than, you know, a superstar. He is a Band-Aid. I just he reminds me kind of I feel like his peak is Jay Cutler, where it's oh you know, Connor I can get Jay back. I love Jay you Cutler. did love Jay. Don't muddy Jay Cutler's name. <laughs> no, I did. I'm saying, he could, I'm saying that's what I love Jake. I would never drag his good name through the mud. But um, uh, it's interesting. It's just crazy too to go. You know the stories is he had a he had a good book that I biography that I read that you know is he was basically. He retired. He retired from football he before did. Andy Reid called him up a couple of years ago. So it's like he's you he said thirty one years old. He retired when he was like twenty eight, twenty nine years old, and now you know two years later he's got a Super Bowl championship under his belt, and he's got this multi, multi, multi million dollar contract that, and he gets to you know keep playing, and he'll be able to get that pension, he'll be able to healthcare and everything, you know, for you know three more years, so he'll be able to you know get those kickbacks later on in the year, you know, later on in his career, which is or life, which is interesting. Yeah, so it, it'll be something to watch as we move into training camp. Week one starter, who do you think, Conrad? I think it's going to be Foles. You think it is going to be false? Yeah. I mean, because I, I completely forgot about this when you brought up the Andy Reid. Um, a main reason that some of these guys, uh, or some people think that the Bears want this route instead of going with like the Andy Dalton, Cam Newton route, um, is because of, the connection between Nagy and Foles. Like, they have worked together before in the past. I believe at that Eagles stop, I think they worked together. Yeah, they said did. John DeFilippo's on that Bears staff as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, and he I was the quarterback so. coach for Foles in 2017. Yeah, so, I mean, there are those... Those reasons make you think this could go really, really well, but I don't know if it outweighs all the negatives that you read off by saying the QBR is where it's turned down in the 20s and 30s for most of his career, which just isn't acceptable for a guy making over 20 mil. Yeah, no, and you're you're completely right. So an interesting move by the Bears. You get why they did it because it, it does look like Trubisky isn't the guy, but to give Trubisky the benefit of the doubt, he's still young. <laughs> I see. That's where I lean towards Trubisky, where I still, for some reason, think he's got something in him. Well, that's the thing. I do too. Listen, I, and I don't love Trubisky at all, but... He's like he still young. Have, what was it? Two years ago, he did have a pretty decent year. Yeah. It wasn't great. But if you get you get close to that again, I think it's better than Foles. We'll give you some at most parts. No, uh, I think you're right. So that was the Bears. We'll get on to the Buffalo Bills then, who had tri- acquired Stefan Diggs from the Minnesota Vikings for a first-round pick, a fifth, and a, a sixth, and a fourth. Mm-hmm. A lot of draft picks, but Stephon Diggs is a Buffalo Bill. You've got your number one receiver for Josh Allen. What do we think? Uh, I love it. I think that most of those, actually, all the picks that the Bills had were from actually uh, compensatory. They picks were comp picks. That's important. Which is huge. So they basically give away. The big thing was first round draft pick, but I saw a graphic today from a Bills like site, and it had basically here's the no, here's the picks that we have. <laughs> 
and for fun they just put up Stefan Diggs, and that's basically what I've equated to is that they traded that basically they drafted Stefan Diggs with the first tra- with their first round pick. Is obviously losing that that last fourth was a little tough. If it would have been one, the five, and the six. That would have been fine, but the fourth a little maybe a touch too much. But I mean, hey, they've haven't had a number of wide receivers since Lee Evans, and that was in 2008, mm. basically dating back to Andre Reid during the you know 1990s. So um, it was a big splash. I think it's something that they needed. I think at pick 21, they weren't going to get a Stephon Diggs-like talent. We were probably leaning toward um, T. Higgins or even Chase, uh, Clay, Chase Claypool, Claypool. Clay, the guy yep. from Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Um, yeah, and like the second or third round pick. So I, I really like it. Is the Bills also, too, was um, I read – rumors was that the Bills were obviously trying to get him during the um for the trade deadline this last year and they said the price was actually higher than it was now so that's huge that they're able to do that and um yeah I think that basically they've surrounded you know Josh Allen with a ton of different weapons on offense now John Brown and Cole Beasley underneath routes with a you know very good young running back in Singletary maybe might make another splash and with a couple good tight ends and the defense even though they lost two guys to free agency, is they really rebuilt. But it's just, you know, as it has been for my whole lifetime, it comes down to the quarterback. And mm-hmm. obviously Josh Allen made, made huge improvements from year, year one to year two. If he can just continue, you know, to make that step up. Um, you know, obviously if he can make this, uh, the improvement he made from year one to year two was a big step, but it wasn't as tough as it is because this next step he has to make is a lot smaller, but it's a lot more difficult, you know, to get toward that you know, topper, you know, top third quarterbacks in the league or whatnot. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting and everything. You know, as I said, my whole lifetime it's relied on the quarterbacks. There's been 18 quarterbacks between Jim <laughs> Kelly and Josh Allen. So it's kind of like, you know, it's all, all or nothing. My mom's always said is the Buffalo Bills need a quarterback. I mean, all the Sherwoods, everyone in Western New York is hoping that it's Josh Allen. And if it is, like, we're – um, you know, it really just helps set up this offense and also, too, with, you know, the wide-open AFC East now. And mm-hmm. obviously getting that seventh or that, you know, that last, um, you know, the third wild card. And because the because the AFC East plays a gauntlet of a schedule this year, they have to play out of, in conference, they have to play the AFC West, and out of conference, they have to play the NFC West. <laughs> Excuse me, so those are eight tough games. Yep. So, um, you know, New England has the number one schedule, I believe, Jets, Dolphins, someone else, and the Bills have the fifth toughest schedule. So, you know, it will be extremely tough, but I'm thrilled. It's something that we've needed for a long, long time, and now, as I said, it fully rests on execution. Yeah, no, I agree. I I like it. Now, I will be the first to admit that I do think it's a lot of draft capital to give up. It helps that it's comp picks, um, Mm because that's a big thing that happened with the Giants as well, is that they got rewarded with a bunch of um, compensatory picks. I like Buffalo a lot. I think they've got a lot of talent, and I look at them in the AFC East, and I think they're definitely the favorite in the AFC East right now, especially with Brady leaving, even with Belichick still there, and that defense is going to be good. I think they can put things together. I mean, think about where they were this past season with mm-hmm. where they absolutely could have won that playoff game in Houston. I like Josh Allen. I think he's progressing. I still think I want to see some more accuracy from him. But he's obviously got the huge arm. He can move around in the pocket. They found a running back in Devin Singletary that I love. They add a number one receiver now that that Allen can really throw to. The defense is able to force turnovers. They've got Trey White. They signed Josh Norman, which I don't know how much that does for them at this point in his career. But you hope that Norman can bounce back a little bit. 
I really like Buffalo, and I'm high on that train, and I think Diggs makes them a, a pretty dangerous contender. Yeah, and no, I'm very high, but also two of every year I think the Bills are going to go 16-0. So <laughs> I've been at my expectation shot, so it's like, you know, it definitely is very, very exciting, but it's kind of like, it's I've said it, you know, even last year people are saying, hey, you know, the Bills can win the East. I, it's, you know, until it's the same way. Baycat always says, you know, with the Packers that I won't believe they won't win the Super Bowl until they're, like, eliminated from the playoffs. Playoffs are and they're not there. It's the same way I feel with the AFC East. It's like, are we the favorite? Yes, but at the end of the day, New England's still in there. There's two other teams in the division, so it's like, this team looks great on paper. They look great as well through tape, through everything. This is basically majority of the offense and the defense. I believe it's, I think it's probably 18 out of the 22 starters on both sides are going to come back. So it's very similar to a team that went 10-6, and six, but it's like, you know, let's do this again. Let's add on to it. So, um, you know, it's definitely a very, very exciting time in Western New York. Yeah, I think I think it's a great move. Um, I think when you get a player as good as Diggs, especially at that wide receiver position with, um, with uh, still relatively young Josh Allen, that it, it's worth it if you can get a, a game-changer like that and – like you said, the way you look at it, where like he's your first round pick, you're not getting much better than that with a first round pick in the twenties. So, um, I think I think it was a great move, um, and hopefully it works out. I think they gotta take advantage of it now before New England figures it out and they're back to being the monsters that they um, always are. <laughs> That's fair, um, but yeah, I I really like it for Buffalo. I think it's a it's a solid move. It's a move that you make when you know your team is good because. Having a top receiver, especially paying for a top receiver, we've seen has had a rough history for a lot of teams, especially if you're not ready to fully contend, but I think Buffalo is. So I, I think it's the right move at the right time for them, and we'll see if it can help propel them. Um, we'll touch on one more big move before we can kind of just briefly touch on a couple things because I know Conrad definitely wants to wrap up a little bit so he can eat. <laughs> poor poor guy over there. He's got a big appetite, and he can't eat. It's 8.30 his time. He hasn't even eaten. Feel feel horrible. But um, DeAndre Hopkins. So wow. he's an Arizona Cardinal, and uh, Bill O'Brien um, basically traded him for a bag of balls. Um, so Hopkins going to the Cardinals in exchange for a <clears throat> a 2020 second round pick, a 2021 fourth round pick, and David Johnson for Arizona. This is fantastic. I mean, they just got Kyler Murray, the best receiver in football. Is that fair to say? I think he's the best receiver in football. Um, top three. Top three. Top two. Julio. With Julio? Two. Julio's fair. Julio's a fair argument. I think Hopkins is the best receiver in football, and he traded a second-round draft pick for him, and David Johnson, who we've seen is washed up, that's insane. Especially when you look at the return that Minnesota got for Diggs that we just talked about, and now compare that with what Houston got for Hopkins— like I said, if you're an Arizona Cardinals fan, you have to be thrilled. You have a second-round pick and a running back that wasn't really in your future for the number one, maybe number two receiver in the NFL. And if you're Houston, I mean, Bill O'Brien, <laughs> yes, they've won divisions and been able to make it to the playoffs. Yes, they have their quarterback in place. But he has made so many trades over the past year, and they have traded away so much draft capital, and they have traded away so many star players you got to start to question this, especially Bill O'Brien as the general manager as well as the head coach. How is Deshaun Watson still on the team? Yeah. That's a, it's like when you trade away 
you know, they've won that division, what, out of the last, you know, I, who that division's always a toss-up, but it's always a toss-up because of, you know, everyone ends up 8-8, eight 9-7, and 10-6, and, and Hopkins can continue a decent amount of games. Like, he was just going back to this, uh, the playoff game that completely gutted me is Trey White, you know, top three cornerback, stuffed him first half, second half, and overtime, went off, went exactly what you would expect a top wide receiver to do. And you take a look at this. Um, you know, you look down in the desert with this um, offense that they have with Kyler Murray. I'm not completely sold on. But then you also have Kenyon Drake running back, which is who they just, I believe they just signed a franchise tag or something, transitional tag. Transition tag, I believe, yeah. So he's there. And then you look at those wide receivers. You've got him, top two wide receiver in the league, top receiver. You've got Christian, Christian Kirk, who's also a very good wide receiver. And you've got Larry Fitzgerald, who can do it, who's done it for. Still doing it. Last week. Exactly. So you take a look at um, you know, top three, you know, top tier receiving corps. I mean, that's, you know, that's pretty, that's up there. I mean, just with those two, with Christian Kirk, with Hopkins, and then, you know, Fitzgerald's going to throw in six to eight touchdowns a year because he's now going to be the third threat, which, you know, obviously makes sense because he's older, but I mean, he's still Larry Fitzgerald and catches literally everything. Yeah. Conrad? Yeah, I think it's a great move by, by the Cardinals. I think that really helps Kyler Murray and his, um, next step he's hopefully going to take this year and that they'll be in contention for maybe something at least taking the next step and then yeah Houston they're just they've just been getting away with their division being so bad for years exactly I'm waiting to catch up with them um, Bill O'Brien with the moves he made he should be fired at this point as a GM at least he's also a bad um, head coach Let, let's be clear on that as well yeah. he makes some horrific coaching decisions I am not an O'Brien fan at all and I, I, I do think that Houston may be looking to move on from him after this year he's yeah he's just been someone that's been able to get off you know be able to get away because he's had talent because they've had great picks because they've had Jadavion Klein the defense and J.J. Watt yep. and they've had a great offense and it's kind of like and just that division is it's like he hasn't been terrible. He hasn't been great. He's been fine, mediocre. He's done good. He's done well, but he hasn't done, you know, made it to the division around this week, this year. But it's like, you know, give me a bye. You have to sprinkle in a 12-4 and record there to be able to sit, you know, to be able to stay away from the, you know, warm seat, the hot seat. Yeah. No, that that's completely fair. And then I'm just going to touch on the Giants very quickly. We can figure out where we can go from there. I like what the Giants have done in free agency. I think they've definitely looked at plugging up some holes, especially going off of James Bradbury, the cornerback from Carolina that they signed him to a three-year, $45 million deal. Now, Bradbury was one of, has been one of the better, more underrated cornerbacks in the league. Dave Gettleman drafted him while he was in Carolina. And just think about what he had to go up against every year. So he's been Carolina's number one corner basically since he got there because he replaced Josh Norman. So that's Michael Thomas twice a year. That's Julio Jones twice a year. And that's Mike Evans twice a year. And he pretty much held them in check, especially this year. So I think that's a huge signing for the Giants. Uh, Blake Martinez coming over from the Packers. An injection of... Exactly. It's an injection of talent into the linebacker core for the Giants because that's how bad the linebacking core has been for the Giants. It has been the weakest part of the team for... Honestly, almost a decade, basically since Antonio Pierce left. Now, Martinez will be a good tackler. He'll help out and run defense. He sounds like it, it's a comparison to Alec Ogletree, who the Giants just had in cut that can't cover very well. And that's very scary for the Giants because the Giants torched by tight ends, torched by tight ends over the past couple years. So hopefully Martinez helps put some talent in. Kyle Fackrell came in also from the Packers to be an edge rusher. Cheap deal, one year, $4.6 million. Cam Fleming came in 
as a swing tackle. That's totally fine, adding some offensive line depth. And then they franchise tag Leonard Williams. And that's kind of one of the big ones. I mean, Bradbury's the huge one because that's a fantastic signing, and I, I absolutely love every part of that. Williams, well, to be honest with you, they didn't have a choice <laughs> because Dave Kettleman gave up the third-round pick for him from the Jets uh, during the season. Now, him playing at $16 million this year, that's not what you want to see for a guy that is a very good run stuffer, definitely makes an impact there, but is not a true pass rusher, just really struggles at finishing plays. I would sign him to a long-term extension just because otherwise you just gave away this third-round pick to the Jets, and you can't do that. And Williams did have a big impact on the Giants' run defense and really shirted up once he got here. But at $16 million, that's a tough one to stomach, um, especially since I don't see the incentive for him to sign a long-term deal because if he signs a long-term deal, he's going to get a pay cut because he's not making $16 million a year. So now the only thing would be, does he value the extra years over the, the average annual for, for a single year? We'll have to see. But it's okay. I'll put it that way. Um, but I am happy with what the what Gettleman has done. I think the Giants have improved so far. And everything comes down to the draft this year where the Giants have a ton of picks. Because I got a bunch um, for draft compensation uh, as well as the number four pick in the draft. Isaiah Simmons, please. That's all I have to say, but we'll get to be great. Isaiah Simmons, Isaiah Simmons or a tackle, but I would prefer Isaiah Simmons, but that's it on the Giants. That's a quick run through on the Giants. I could talk a lot more about that. Anything else we want to hit on in free agency, such as the Miami Dolphins being the New York Yankees? That was crazy. That was, they had not a lot of money. A lot of money. So Byron Jones, now the highest paid corner in the NFL, $82 million over five okay. years. Second, yes, that's that's right, because Slay signed the contract extension today. Yes, no, good point. Um, These statistics are from yesterday. See how fast the NFL is moving. There you go. Uh, Shaq Lawson, former Bill. Fine. Going going to the Dolphins, three years, $30 million. Kyle Van Noy got paid by the Dolphins. Now, I love Van Noy as a player. I do not love Van Noy at $51 million. Yeah. Um, also Jordan Howard coming over from the Eagles and they signed Eric flowers, the flame out with the giants to a three year, $30 million deal. Flowers was quite possibly the worst tackle in the NFL with the giants moved to guard for the Redskins and was an okay player, but man, a $30 million to, to Eric flowers is interesting as well. So I think the dolphins will be better. I mean, I think they'll be improved. They definitely threw some money at some, some spots for them. I really like Shaq Lawson. I like Van Noy. Like I said, it's the money that's the problem. Byron Jones, fantastic corner. Um, but I like their coach too, Flores. I like coach, Flores as well. I think he did a, he did more with very little yeah. talent than he probably should have. But outside of the offense, once they draft a quarterback, we start actually drafting a quarterback. Who do they have besides Devontae Parker and um, Gillisley? Uh, not uh, not Gillisley. That's a former Bills running back. Yes, Mike Gillisley. Uh, Mike Gusecki. Yes. Is they've got like two guards on the offense. So, you know, obviously the defense is, you know, shut down, especially to what we've talked about, which will pay me to say it, but in an open AFC East that hopefully, you know, the Bills can take charge of, but that the division is open. And especially, too, as Kyle Van Noy is coming over from, you know, his former position coach, Brian Flores, who's yep. his linebacker coach. So, I mean, they made a ton of money. I feel like every couple of years the Dolphins always do this, where they make a couple big signings or they <coughs> make, you know, big spikes during the draft. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. 
Conrad, any thoughts on it? Or you just want to skip ahead? That's fair. So, so I think that leaves us with one final point then, and it's not football. It's college basketball related. We should be watching the tournament right now. Don't don't say that. Please, please don't say that because it's just too depressing. Um, yeah, so it, it would be the first Thursday night of the tournament. The late the late game still wouldn't have tipped off. Right now. The last one would be tipping off in the next. In like, the next 15, 15 minutes, yeah. Yep, yeah. so that's painful to think about. Um, Very painful but to about that all day. The Iona Gales have a new head basketball coach and his name is Rick Pitino. Rick Pitino is back in college basketball coming over, coming back from Greece. I got to say I'm shocked. I did not think Pitino was going to get going to get another college job. And here he is. So what do we think? I think people forget too quick. I think that what he did should have been death sentence. Oh my god, what he turned Louisville into? The alleg- Go check out the allegations. We cannot mention what the allegations were on the radio. Yeah. They were that bad. Also, too, there's just no 2013 national champion because of him. That is also true. Just, the season just didn't play deep enough, but it was. Um, yeah, it's like Louisville should have had a bigger bigger sentence with you know it's crazy that the one-year postseason and patino should have been just axed from all college basketball from college campuses for that for whatnot but i mean it's crazy and i was telling my dad this thing's gonna be a he's, it's gonna be a one to two year stay and he's gonna be back in the power five conference he's gonna be back <laughs> oh i uh, agree with you he's gonna use this as a springboard he's back be, it would not surprise me if it's one year because obviously you can't do it right away but i mean they're all about making money now they're all about winning like, I can totally see him going to a Pac-12 school, like a USC, a Washington, an Arizona, if something happens with Sean Miller there, with the yep. ever-evolving allegations, which would be funny to go from one coach to the other that has a checkered pass. But, I mean, his track record, I mean, take a look at I mean, he was with Providence. He won a national championship with Kentucky. He was an assistant coach at Jim Beheim. He was in the NBA. He like, he wins. With- with the Knicks, he was he won the national championship with Louisville. I mean, he he's a great coach. It's like there's no way, there's no Andorus about it. I mean, he's a good coach. It's just slimy, yes. Mm-hmm. Should, oh, very. Should you should you back? No, but I mean, Iona will probably be in the tournament next year because of him. Maybe you know two years, but and then you know he'll be back roaming the sideline in the you know espn espn 2 game at nine o'clock on a t- <laughs> random tuesday night that we'll tune into conrad yeah exactly. i mean yeah he's definitely using it as just a one two year thing didn't think he was ever gonna be back thought anything that came out was just like people trying to get like a story going for their university um but yeah i mean He's going to be somewhere big soon. And it's, you know he is. I'm interested to see if it happens again. Oh, it probably will. Learn from the mistakes, but it's definitely going to happen again. <clears throat> It'll I, be interesting if he gets caught. Yeah, no, that that's, that's it's very true. Now, I think he spends at least two years with Iona because I think he has to build it and kind of prove himself a little yeah. bit. So I think I think two years is kind of the magic number for him. Yeah. I think you're going to see Iona on ESPN this year. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be a huge story when he coaches. I mean, he said he's already looking to schedule like Kentucky and Calipari and, and these these big schools. Now, he was asked about Louisville, and he said he will not play them, funny enough. Um, so he is still furious at Louisville because he blames Louisville for leaving him out to dry. But okay, Rick. Um, 
I also agree with you that I have a feeling that over the next three or four years, Rick Pitino is at a power five school. I'm not sure if he can ever get to a blue blood because that's a tough reputation hit for a yeah. blue blood to, to take Pitino in. But I mean, for a school like Iona, as you said, you just brought in a fantastic basketball coach, incredibly slimy individual, but fantastic basketball coach. And that program is going to be much better with him there. Now, could it be also be more corrupt and get hit with something? We'll see what happens. We'll see if he's dumb enough to do it again. But Iona is going to be better. And like you guys said, I have a feeling Patino's in the national spotlight yet again in the next couple of years. But there's, and there's so many Power 5 conferences, that, Power 5 schools that are just struggling. Like, I hope it wouldn't come to wake, but then there's Georgia Tech, you made to the 2014 National Championship game, and then there's, you know, Arizona State, there's USC, there's Washington, there's so many schools throughout this Power 5 that he could go to. And what you said, obviously being a blue blood, I don't think he'd ever go there. I don't think a blue blood would touch him. But there's money out there, and there's schools out there, and talent, and recruiting trails that he can get back onto, and... You know, in five years, we could see him in a Sweet 16 Elite Eight game. Now, that would be interesting. Yeah. But, yeah, so Rick Fatino is back. So we still get some college basketball, even when yeah. college basketball is not going on. Um, but we'll, we'll find a way. We'll probably have, as we talked about before the show, some type of Nova season wrap-up, a college basketball wrap-up, something. We'll figure out something to kind of keep getting shows at least weekly. And if things yeah. pop up, we can do it more because that – is at least the positive, if you want to say it in quotes, of us all being sent home from Nova, being able to do things like that. But, all right, so that's remote show number one in the books. Yeah, my brother texted me that Diggs and Gurley are in a little, not tweet bed, but they're tweeting back at each other about what are you doing and a lot of eye emojis, so this league. Todd, Todd, so, Todd Gurley to the Bills? I He was I cut hope. today. I, I mean, he's a Georgia guy. I love him, but I would rather not have him. I'd rather have Gordon, but if he comes, I'd rather have him with open arm. Hopefully next week we have either Hammer or Gordon. I won't complain. Well, that's the thing. It, there are still a lot of free agents out there as we just touch on one final. I mean, Jadavion Clowney is still a free agent. Still, and Clowney said he, he's willing to take a two-year deal. And, and also, too, this draft is so deep with the wide receivers. Mm-hmm. And A.J. Dillon from Boston College ran around with the ACC record by like his junior year and he's still out there and you have J.K. Dobbins I mean there's so many so many spots that are still wide open to be filled this year yeah no it's going to be a lot of fun and we should hopefully have some topics to be able to bring you some content week by week Um, but thank you to everyone for kind of hanging through us as we figure out what we're doing here on our first remote show um thank you to everyone tuning in for the live show especially our cameraman conrad over there doing a wonderful job we're down to like three people right now but it's okay that's okay that's okay it, it's all about it's all about just getting people in initially we don't need to worry about audience retention no 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 it's no. just the number of clicks just no. high clicks exactly just a whack man for draft preview we will have, yes, that is a plan is still to have Nolan Wacker come on to give us a draft preview as we move closer. The draft is about a little over a month away, so we'll, we'll move into that. So we, we've still got some things to talk about, and we will figure things out with content. It should be fun. Um, this will get posted basically as soon as I can edit it. We'll throw it up. And so we won't have a set schedule anymore for when shows are going on. But as long as you subscribe to the show on iTunes, which you should already, or follow it on Spotify, which you should already, You'll have it automatically download and get a notification whenever we go and post it up. 
we can also post on like Instagram because we'll probably you know know within a twenty four hour notice that we can post something on Instagram of you know hey, this is what's going on and the three of us can post on. Our I'll stories. be posting on my story once this goes live, so yeah, at no, least we have that and we will continue to do so. Yeah, yeah. I'll do a bit. I have this one that I've There you go. Yeah. Beautiful. Round tripper underscore or whatever it is. Round underscore tripper twenty three. <laughs> All right, so that's that's our show. Any final thoughts, boys? Stay safe. That was mine. Yeah. All right. Don't turn stupid so we can get back to school. Exactly. Let Let's all hope that we can get back to school at some point. Um, but yeah. but Hopefully all right. We'll get the studio for draft preview. That uh, That's the goal, man. <laughs> that's the goal. All right. So for Conrad Bayer and Jack Sherwood, I am Pat Zhang. Everyone, stay safe out there. Stay home. Um, and let's get through this. But that was Round Tripper. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back as soon as we can.